This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. One of the lessons I'm in the process of learning is burnout is a spectrum, right? Uh, At any given time, you can find yourself, you know, pivoting, spinning back and forth along that spectrum and just... Sometimes you don't even know it's happening. And uh, look, everyone's got a story of bursting into tears during a Bluey episode. That's that's just a very 2022 sort of anecdote. You, you know, um, someone will watch it on the plane for the first time and then their heart will open and then that'll be it. Look, it's nothing quite that uh, serious or extreme to me, but I stubbed my toe while walking the dogs today and for some reason... <laughs> It's just one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. I was just like, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) Peach. No. I was like, this is a response that is disproportionate to the problem (laughs) of the stub toe. So, um, Shag, much as I sort of vented my my dirty laundry, um, I'm going to use the on-air time with you is the only time in our lives where we work through any crunchiness in our relationship. And, oh, Shag, do you remember shit. a few episodes? Oh, shit. <laughs> just, oh, it's shit. fine. Oh, it's shit. fine. It's oh, fine. God. Okay. Yep. 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 Let's do this. Okay. Do you remember when your good friend and co host, Peach, said, I'm going to help by finding a uh, mechanic for writing a horror film? And I'm going to just lighten the load for Shag by using this mechanic. Yeah. And we're going to talk about charcuterie using it. Yeah. And yeah. Remember, yeah. And so I thought, Shag, that now might be the time for us to return to Peach's idea of using that mechanic. What do you reckon? Are you open <laughs> no. to taking another <laughs> so <laughs> another three steps along the horror movie story map from the website nofilmschool.com? Well, Peach, Peach, we could, but I've... I've got Are we a, going I've, to? Well, I no, know we could. No, no, no. I've got a bit of a bombshell to drop on you, and... I feel like I feel like is you're... this the last episode of Spooky? No, no, no. But uh, well, I mean, look, who knows? But like, any episode could be. Yeah, who knows? That fair, fair enough. A friend of mine sent me Have a text. Have you written it without me, and I don't get no. a credit? Oh god, imagine if I did that! Imagine if I did that! That'd be so funny. Oh, Pete, I just thought I'd do a better job, but um, thanks, yeah. thanks for all the ideas. <laughs> really appreciate it. No, so. Friend of mine sent me a text of mm. an IMDb listing, mm. and there is a film in pre-production called Charcuterie about a hipster bodega that opens up in a gentrified New York neighborhood, and the people who are going there think that maybe they're serving more than luncheon meats. Uh. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> This is more than like an Ants and Bugs Life type situation. This is more than a Finding Nemo shark tale. Like, that's the name of the film. 
and the conceit of the film. Yeah, yeah. Look, shout out to shout out to. Shaggy, it just means it goes worldwide from... now, I guess. I um, well, I mean, look, look. There's there's two possible options here. First of all, mm. our idea was stolen, and let's take him to court and destroy them. Yep. But. Probably the more realistic version is mm. there are a lot of people in the world and people come up with ideas at the same time. And it just shows we're on the money. Because remember, mm. when you're a little bit, you know, yes. burnt out, you've got to be kind on yourself and you've got to remember not to react to the world yes. and find the positive spin. And the positive spin here is this movie's in pre-production. People are making this film. So... We are on the money with, like, movies that people would make. We might get to see it. We might get to see it without having done any work. That's the other exciting bit. Well, exactly. And think about it. Like, you just throw horror movie ideas just off the dome. You are just constantly coming up with new ideas. Just goes to show. Like, one of them's going to get made maybe by us one day. <laughs> but the cool thing now is going to be like, oh, we were just about to. We were just about to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then in pre-production, if there are problems with the production, it'll be like, oh, you, so do you guys want to do it now? I'll be like, oh, we've got, we've got even more ideas coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, you see, this is the problem with I mean, like that creativity is... that like freaks me out, and it used to freak me out with making rap music and stuff as well. Because like people like you were like, yeah, shows are on the right track, and I'm like, maybe that's the last idea I'm ever going to have. I'm like, there's every chance, <laughs> there's every chance. That's it. <laughs> It's definitely not the last idea you're going to have, but mm. it's a good point about creativity in that ideas are easier than making things. Like, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to you listening right now, you don't know how fucking hard it is to make a Spooko episode. Like, it is scheduling, it is recording, it is the boring logistics of getting the files together, yep. it is a couple of hours of editing, it's another half hour of uploading and social media stuff, and then all of the mental load that exists there. Yep. So... Combine like imagine that for a movie. Like what? <laughs> How would we fucking make charcuterie? We'd be doing it as a side hustle that I would from time to time lose interest in as well. Like it'd be like, hey, we're doing a location <laughs> scouting. I'd be like, oh fucking, I really just tell me, just tell me what you reckon. Take a few photos. <laughs> you know what? That's actually the hardest part of creativity. Like once you start making an mm. idea, is when your enthusiasm for it is at its lowest. Ugh, as soon as you start that. making it, you're like. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Like, why would, what was I thinking? And it's only when it's finally made, like, it's literally, it mm. only comes back up when after it's made and it goes out into the world and one person shows some interest, you're like, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> like, that's literally, that's the creative journey. So maybe we dodged a bullet by not making charcuterie. So many lawyers are like, I like going to coffee shops and chilling out and having a coffee. Maybe <laughs> I, should, I should open my own coffee shop. And to me, it's exactly that. It's like conceptually, yes, it would be nice to sit in a place you've chosen to have a nice cup of coffee. And it's like that's like 0.01% of what you'd be doing. I'm like, yeah, great. Open your own restaurant. Sounds awesome. Go for it. Anyway, look, okay, quick segue. Mm. Next week or, well, in fact, when you are listening to this episode, mm -hmm. I'm going to be in Korea. So I really wanted to go back to Korea Ooh, for today's okay. episode. Yep. So I looked up a bunch of lists of the most disturbing, the most full-on, the most crazy Korean horror and horror-adjacent films 
and I found one and I watched it this morning and Peach, fucking hell, get ready. Today, we are doing a 2010 South Korean action thriller, nihilistic, brutal horror slasher revenge film called I Saw the Devil. Sick. I'm going to be in Canberra next week, which sounds similar, but it's a lot less fun. Maybe you'll be in South Canberra. <laughs> Hopefully on the right side of the line. This looks very uh, casino, Goodfellas, Godfather, one, two, three, sort of toxic masculinity action film, beat him up. Like, I was watching it being like, yeah, fucking let's go. A little bit of, like, Batman vibe thrown in to go with it all. Let's go. I saw the devil. This is a weird one, right? And he's so- not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> that is such a great line. This is a weird one, right? So this kept showing up mm. on horror lists when I was looking up, you know, top 10, top 15 most disturbing Korean films. And every time I read the Mm. synopsis or every, sorry, every time I read the description, I was like, this doesn't sound like a horror film. And often the descriptions would say something along the lines of it being like, look, this isn't your typical horror film, but this film is so dark and so bleak that it completely deserves a place on this list. And more often than not, it was number one on the list. So, so, so I actually think, okay. I actually think, so I finished, I, it's quite a long film and I watched it over two sittings and I finished it this morning before the family woke up this morning. And the content of this film is up. What sort of mood do you find yourself starting the day in when you've done one of these morning horror sessions? Like, do you come up and you're like grateful for the lovely family and the you know satisfying job and stuff you have having just emerged from a nightmare what's your frame of mind i think the lucky thing is and i'm sure it's similar even though you don't work in criminal law but you probably work in cases where it feels a bit immoral or you just don't like the goings on of it but what what's good for me mm. this is kind of like a it's it's a job it's a thing i have to do and even though it's a job I, I put upon mm. myself, it still feels like that. So I feel I feel happy that I've achieved watching something. And I think that's how I get through it because this film is arguably, the content is as bleak as the content of the sadness. And it's probably worse because as we discovered in our top 10 most disturbing films of all time, the most disturbing films are when there's no supernatural entity, when there's no science fiction. It's just humans doing horrible things. And so this film is so bleak, but it's so beautifully made and it's so deeply emotional. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Oh, oh, it looks This great. is like honestly one of the mm. best films we've ever done on this podcast. I will say it right now. Like Magic. everyone should watch it, except Big. for the okay. fact that this is also one of the toughest films. And there were definitely scenes where I was in bed, like covering my eyes or with my hand on my mouth, just being like, what am I watching? Even even yeah, going okay. through this this synopsis, like you know, massive warning. This is a dark, brutal film. A lot of people, especially young women, get brutalized. So 
it's it's good. it's just worth noting. And it's so weird when I say all this and say, yeah, it's a beautiful, amazing movie, but it just is. Anyway, okay. Yeah, okay. So I saw The Devil 2010. Um, starts with a school bus driver named Jung mm. Kyung Chul, who is driving along a snowy road at night somewhere outside of Seoul. And he encounters a young woman, Jung Ju Yun. Yes. And offers to fix her flat tire. Now, she is on the phone with her partner, who we're sort of working out is some sort of a detective. And the, the partner's like, don't open the door. Don't let him in. Just be like, thank you. I'm just waiting for the van. And so she does that. And then there's this incredibly scary scene where she can't see the guy and she's looking at the bu- the school bus in front of her and it hasn't moved. Yeah, okay. And so she turns on the high beams to be like, hey, what's going on? When all of a sudden we see Jung Kyung Chul with a tire iron leap at the front of the car and start bashing the window in. Oh, God. Okay. So he gets in the car. She tries to escape, but she's kind of trapped because she's on the side of the road and her driver's door won't open. <sighs> he pulls her out and just starts like, bashing her on the head with his tire iron. And there's a lot of blunt force trauma in this film. There's just, in fact, there's so much of it that like, God, like this, uh, it sounds like I'm making a joke. I'm not, but you really are bludgeoned by it by the end that it's just like, you've just seen so much of it, but this is the very beginning of it. So just starts beating the crap out of her. She's unconscious. Yep. We see from an aerial shot, him drag her out of the car, you know, with a, like a blood trail, and then yep. the title flashes up, I Saw the Devil. Ugh. Now, we then cut to her in a giant sealed plastic bag, completely naked. And alive? And then she startles to life. She's alive, and she starts breathing. <sighs> yeah. And we notice that he's there, and he unzips slowly, and he starts like prodding her body and he then explains he's going to cut her up and <sighs> that it'll all be over soon. And Ju Yun says, please don't do this. I'm pregnant. And you think he's going to care for a second, but then he just drives the knife in and stabs her to death. <sighs> and like, that's the beginning of this film, right? Like it's, it's an incredibly dark moment that her hand then falls and her wedding ring falls or wedding or engagement mm. ring falls down a drain in this sort of like basement, gross, dungeony sort of area that he's just dis- start, begun to dismember her in. Kyung Chul ignores it and scatters the body parts into a local stream. When a boy discovers one of Ju Yun's ears, the police arrive en masse to conduct a search led by Section Chief O and Squad Chief Jang Ju Yun's devastated father. So it turns out Ju Yun's father and the father-in-law of her husband is mm. the head of violent crimes, as has been the head of violent crimes for 30 years. But also if you're disposing of a body, you know, Shag, you and I have run this hypothetically in our head a number of times. Mm. You're like, oh, I'll just cut it, I'll cut it up into bits and put it just in a local stream. It's like, no, no. <laughs> 
I think you're going to have to do marginally better <laughs> than turning it into smaller bits and just spreading it around the place. Well, what's the dumbest thing is, and look, again, like I, I don't mean to break the, you know, the awful gravity of this situation, but he mm. decapitates her, and so what they find in the stream is her head, which is a pretty easy way to identify someone. Oh, yeah, that's Julie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's a lot worse than, oh, yeah, that's Julie. (laughs) But, but yeah, so that's what happens, right? Mm. So the victim's fiancé, Kim Soo-hyun, an NIA officer. Uh, I'm going to look what NIA is. I assume it's... That's what I said before. He's some sort of detective. Oh, National Intelligence Service. So he's like a Korean FBI agent. Sick. Is also present. So the dad and the the partner, the... What did Mm. it say? Was it the... Uh, fiance. So the dad. So there you go. He was a fiance. fiance. Mm. So both are there and present, mm. and they're both police officers, and they couldn't save her, and they're fucking devastated. And at that moment, Kim Soo Hyun vows to take revenge. Sick. And, and this is the setup for the film, right? And at this point, it should go the usual way that a revenge slash Sasha film usually goes, like a I spit on your grave, for example. But it absolutely doesn't, and that's why this film is pretty amazing. So, Soo Hyun learns of the four suspects from Squad Chief Jang because basically what happens is they're like, you've got to take some time off. And he's like, cool, I'm going to. And then as soon as he leaves the building, he goes to Jang and he's like, tell me who the suspects are. So he finds out who they are and he proceeds to privately torture and interrogate two of them. And it's like, he's basically Batman. Like, he basically yeah, got, shows up with no Batman fear. I got Batman vibes from this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he basically shows up, like, he, he has no fear and he just beats the crap out of these people. You know, one of them, even after being beaten up and then left for dead, turns himself in at the police station for an unsolved crime. And the police are like, what the fuck is going on? This is really fucking weird. Anyway. Oof. Upon searching the home of Kyung Chul, the third suspect, Soo Hyun finds Ju Yun's engagement ring, proving that Kyung Chul was the perpetrator. Yes. Also, while he's searching this guy's home, he finds out that he has an estranged family. So he has parents who he left his son with years ago, and Kyung Chul hasn't spoken to them in years. Yeah, well. And that's important to know because that comes up a bit later. Anyway. Hopefully most of the things you're saying are important to know. That's my... So, so yeah, and, and in fact, to be fair, in Wikipedia, like literally every word could be the, the reason why. And remember, yeah, anyway, so, all right, so a short time later, nice. Kyung Chul, remember he's a bus driver, brings mm. a schoolgirl home and assaults her. And again, he's going to cut her up, but then is like, why can't I have, like, is seemingly speaking to himself and is like, why can't I have some fun? and begins to sexually assault her, but before, well, sorry, begin like, prepares to, but before that happens, Soo Hyun arrives and beats him unconscious and shows up and, like, Hyung Chul is like, oh, you're the cops, are you? Well, and runs at him with a sickle, but Soo Hyun's so fucking tough that beats the crap out of him, beats him unconscious, breaks one of his wrists, like, stand, like, basically stands on one of his ribs, so all of the bones must just disintegrate in his wrist. And leaves him and beats him unconscious. Now, rather than killing Kyung Chul and being done with it, Soo Hyun decides to shove a GPS tracker down his throat, allowing him to see Kyung Chul's location in real time and listen to his conversations. And then he leaves him there. 
waking up injured, Kyung Chul walks along the road and is offered a ride by a taxi containing one other passenger. Upon getting in and correctly guessing that the driver and passenger are in fact two bandits intending to rob and murder him, one being Su Hyun's unvisited fourth suspect, he strikes out and preemptively kills them both. This is an amazing oh, scene, okay. but also like there's a moment where the driver says to uh, Kyung Chul, he's like, wow, like you walking along this road, you must be like really lucky, sir. And then Kyung Chul is like, well, no, you are deeply unlucky because you picked me up. And then he turns to him and just starts stabbing him in the throat and turns to the guy in the back and starts stabbing him in the throat. And the camera just keeps spinning around both of them as we watch him just very brutally just keep stab, stab, and there's just blood going everywhere. And we're like half an hour into this film that's two hours and 20 minutes, and it's just like it's it's so full on but i promise you the revenge has already happened but but well no wait i promise you it like there's a reason and there's a point and it get like it just keeps going in an incredible way anyway all right so this is sick so far afterwards Mm. he finds the body of the real taxi driver in the trunk kyung chul throws out all three bodies and drives to a small town where he speaks to a doctor who helps him, and then the nurse after who gives him the painkillers, he basically pushes her into a room, locks the door, and is like, the the last cop who saw me interrupted me, so now I'm really going to have some fun. And, like, like, again, he doesn't do anything, but he tries to sexually assault this nurse as well. And, like, it's an awful scene. But then before he can do anything... Our friend Su Hyun, who's been listening, shows up again. Once more, he's able to subdue him, and when he's on the ground, he cuts his Achilles tendon before releasing him once more. So now uh, Kyung Chul has a completely broken wrist and an Achilles tendon, so he can't use one of his hands and he can't walk properly, but he keeps getting released. And so you can see Su Hyun just wants to completely make him feel like he's got away, then capture him again and then oh, and torture God, him even that more. That is brilliant and horrible. Yeah, okay. But, of course, what's happening is because this man's a psychopath, every time he releases him, he goes to assault somebody else. And so it's already this incredibly morally... No, it's a morally black film where no one's motives are good. Yeah, okay. So, so, Kyung Chul then decides to visit the home of his friend Taiju, who we discover is also a murderer and a cannibal. After explaining his situation to Taiju, the latter remarks that whoever is after him must be the relative of one of his victims. And we think that maybe what's been happening is that Kyung Chul has been cutting up these victims and giving them to Taiju, who's been either eating them or selling them on to other people. Because at one point, Taiju makes a point about an order about what somebody wanted. And we never quite find out Kyung Chul's motive, but it feels like number one, like he has no, like he is a complete sociopath, but he also seems to be working with Taiju quite closely. Yeah, okay. So juicy world building at least. Yeah. So Kyung Chul consequently deduces Su Hyun's identity after recalling Ju Yun's engagement ring, which Su Hyun oh, yes. had put on before attacking him pre- previously. Su Hyun arrives and incapacitates both murderers along with Taiju's girlfriend Si Jung. 
I wrote down some notes because there were some fucking moments. Like, so by inca- incapacitate, he stabs Taiju in the hand with a screwdriver and then Taiju tries to get it off him but only takes the handle off the screwdriver. So he just has the metal sticking oh, in his God. hand, sticking into the table. It's so fuck. Yeah, it's so okay. fuck. Um, anyway, anyway, so... The next day, Taiju and Sejong, still unconscious, are arrested by the police and sent to the hospital. Su Hyun's trusted subordinate arranges for Hyung Chul to evade the police and receive treatment for their wounds at a separate facility. The barely conscious Hyung Chul hears Su Hyun and the subordinate talking about the transmitter. Su Hyun releases Kyung Chul once more, but the latter outsmarts Su Hyun by slashing the throat of a pharmacist while stealing laxatives, which he uses to oh, remove God. the transmitter. There's a scene where you just see like a really pooey <laughs> toilet bowl and he reaches in and finds it. And then he plants it on a driver at a truck stop that he again viciously beats with a tire iron. Su Hyun enters oh, Taiju's God. hospital room to question him to be like, oh, oh okay, so, so things, are, things are getting out of order, right? So yeah. so yeah, so Kyung Chul has done this. He's worked it out. He he knows who's after him, and he knows there was a transmitter in him, and so he's able to then basically call the police and say, "Look, I'm going to turn myself in, but I'm going to do one more thing first. Because if he turns himself in, he wins because Su Hyun can't finish his punishment on him, right? Yeah, fair enough. But he wants to do one more thing first, anyway." So, so Su Hyun enters Taiju's hospital room to question him and learns too late that Kyung Chul is going after the dad of his fiancée, Squad Chief Jang, and his other daughter, Jang Si Yun. Oh, okay. Right? And then, okay, so, and I'm just going to get the notes I wrote down because I wrote a bunch of notes here where he's like... The cruelty, like... Yeah, this is... Right. I can see why this gets put in the horror. I, I mean, this is awful conception, yeah. like concepts to be engaging with. Well, well and this is, this is like as bad as the film gets. So Taiju is basically like, you can't win. He's going he's gonna to kill them and then he's going to turn himself in and then you don't get your revenge sucked in and starts laughing and Su Hyun's like, you're laughing at what's happened to my fiance and what's going to happen to my father-in-law and my sister-in-law. And he's like, okay, well, let's make sure that you laugh forever. And he puts both of his hands, he puts one hand at the top of his jaw, one hand at the bottom of his jaw, and then just pulls with all of his might. So he completely pulls his jaw off. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, okay, fucking hell. And I just, I, 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 it's just, it's pretty like, it's, it's just like, wow. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I just, I didn't know what to do. Like, that was like, wow, I, I, I've seen brutality in films and I've never seen that. Well, tonally as well. Like, I mean, this sort of, it sort of feels like Silence of the Lambs-ish kind of level, but just with a little more gore. And then you have a moment like that that you're just like, oh, shit, hang on, we're in a different universe here kind of thing. Yeah, fine. So Kyung Chul arrives at the house of Jang and proceeds to brutally assault him with a dumbbell and then kills the other daughter, Jang Si Yun. Shortly after, 
Kyung Chul attempts to avoid Su Hyun's revenge by surrendering to the police. Now, Su Hyun makes it to the house too late, and there's this moment where Jang is still alive, but he's been brutally beaten, like so heavily beaten by this dumbbell. But he reaches out his hand and he holds Su Hyun's hand in a way to be like, I'm on board with your revenge journey. Oh, okay. Like it's it's a it's a weird moment, but it's yeah. there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is uh I mean, I guess you've got to force some sort of relationship into this thing or it's just a series of horrific, horrifically brutal moments. So so this is this is this is that big police moment where mm. basically Kyung Chul goes to goes outside the big city police station, stops the car in the middle of like a busy intersection, gets out of the car, smoking a cigarette, knife in hand, covered in blood, puts his hands up and is like, Come on, arrest me. Out of nowhere, Su Hyun opens the door of a four-wheel drive, drives backwards into some crates so the door flies up, and then, like, drives past Kyung Jul and then, like, swerves so he falls into the now completely open door and drives off with him before he can get arrested. Oh, that is sick. That is thrilling. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So he takes him to the warehouse from the beginning. And it's not in the Wikipedia synopsis, but this is super important. Mm. At an earlier time where we see Kyung Chul just getting ready to kill some more people, we see him making like a homemade guillotine. And so anyway, Su Hyun tortures him again by, first of all, he puts a cigarette out in his eyeball, which I was like, oh, I didn't like that. Then... Stabs him through the cheek with another, like, with a sharp screwdriver. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. And, and at that point, Kyung Chul is like, hey, like, we're done here. You can let me go. And he's like, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go till you're in the most pain and then I'm going to kill you. And then Kyung Chul tries to get the upper hand and he's like... I do like Kyung Chul's, like, thirst for life. Like, I feel like he's a... Got a bit of resilience about him. He's got yeah. a bit of got a bit of get up and go. You can see why he's, <laughs> you know, if someone was like hunting me and badly injuring me just from time to time, in a way that was always a surprise, <laughs> I think it'd really get to me and really, <laughs> really upset me and cause me big problems. Well, there's moments where he's like, "I'm having fun. This is the most fun I've ever had." But at this point, like, he finally breaks and he's like, "I don't want this." But then he makes this line where he's like. I've already won because I don't know what pain is and fear. I don't know what that is either. And clearly he's lying, but he's trying to just get under Su Hyun's skin finally and be like, you can't win. So anyway, at this point, Su Hyun's like, it doesn't matter anymore. And he puts like a rope in his mouth and you realize the rope is holding up the guillotine. So if Kyung Chul lets go of this rope, the guillotine's going to fall and chop his head off. So he's basically like putting his life in his hand now. And then just leaves the warehouse and he goes out onto the street and starts walking. And as he's walking, we see a taxi pull up in which Su Hyun has called Kyung Chul's parents and estranged son to show up at the door. Now, when they get to the door, they can't open it because they realize that this guillotine is also connected to the door. So if they pull, it'll pull out of his mouth and it'll kill him. So if they open the door, they are going to be the ones that kill their estranged son and father. Oh, sick. Yes. 
So he hears his family and he's like, no, but he can't say anything because he can't let it out of his mouth. So he's basically like, no, don't come in. And the family are like, oh my God, that's him. We've got to open the door. We've got to open the door. As soon as they open the door, guillotine flies down, head rolls to their feet. And then we <laughs> finally cut to Su Hyun, who takes out the transmitter because he was clearly listening to it. He wanted to hear that happen. And then as he's walking, he just breaks down crying. And we probably watch him cry for like half a minute before the film cuts to black, and that's the end of I Saw the Devil. Uh, Shag, that was really very good. Like, I know it was gross, and I know it was messy, and, you know, problematic with its extreme gore, but I think that's a pretty satisfying film. And I, and I think ending on the note of a sort of what have I done slash where are you if you've achieved your like single-minded goals sort of moment? Like I think it's quite a disarming and sometimes quite a brave thing for it, like place for a story to go to be like, well, fucking now your protagonist got what they wanted. <laughs> What's up yeah. now? Kind of thing. I think that's, there's a degree of um, like intellectual honesty to that. I really, really like that one, Shag. I give it. <laughs> I know, but I love that mm. with the title as well. The the obvious thing is, well, the bad guy's the devil yeah. because he's evil and immoral and stuff, but doesn't the devil punish you for your sins? So did Su Hyun actually become the devil? And and Su Hyun has a set of morals to him that are not sociopathic, whereas our victim uh, I think is more in the straight straight up and down, just a born sociopath kind of scenario. So Su Hyun's sins are on one view, greater, because he knows what he's doing. Shag, I saw the, <laughs> a good film <laughs> through your eyes. I like. I think this is a goodie. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?